Blog Talk Radio. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go, 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 go. Over 24 million people that are going to lose health insurance. You can't continue to play with people's emotions like this, okay? Politics may be a game to you because you're in Washington, but it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. Again, I refer back to a civilized society where no one, not even the President of the United States, is above the law. However, Trump has a blatant disregard for the law, and he only likes it when he stands to benefit from it. How selfish, selfish, selfish. You know, listen to the provocation. You know, listen to the provocation. Real people, real conversation. Real people, real conversation. You ready? You ready? Let's go. Oh, yeah. My name is Ron. I'm one half of the dynamic duo. And as always, I got my boy. And I'm Ronald L. Felton, the father and son tag team. The views on this podcast are clearly the views of my son and myself and not of any organization that either of us may be affiliated with. With that being said, we welcome you to episode 69 in season two of The Provocation. Yes, indeed. Like we always say about this time, if you're listening live, we appreciate your love. If you're listening to the archive, we appreciate that too. Today is October 23rd, 2018, on a Tuesday. Hope everybody enjoyed their day. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Um, I enjoyed mine, of course, until I watched the Giants play Monday night, and then everything was ruined, but it's okay. I'm going to be good, though. Let's talk about some real them uh, okay. some Bulldogs got them another W this weekend. You know? All right, Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, twenty-four to six. 
my boy's putting in work, man. I can't, you know what, man? I know I keep saying this, but to be a first-year coach, um, putting together basically a whole new team, uh, you know what I'm saying? And we got some good kids, and we sitting on a we we should be six and one, but one of the games got canceled. Um, I'm pretty sure we would have won that game too. But we five and one right now in our first season, so you know we can't complain, man. All right, <clears throat> that is great. And um, we got one more game coming up for the regular season this weekend, which I'm a miss. I'm kind of mad about that, but you know I got the uh, the rival game, the rivalry game going on back home. Um, from my old high school, so I, you know, I got they, they want the alumni to show up, so I got to show up. Mm-hmm. But um, we go ahead. I'm pretty sure we'll win this game this weekend. We'll be six and one at that time. And then in two weeks, you got the playoffs. And um, right, I, I feel like we're taking home. I feel like we're taking home the trophy, man. That's how I feel, man. I don't see. I don't think anybody can beat us. To be honest. Okay. okay. I don't think anybody can beat us. You know. Well, you guys. Yeah, you guys are doing good for a startup team, and uh, yeah. to have only lost your very first game. And you guys, uh, up until uh, this recent game, you pretty much have been shutting people out, haven't you? Yeah, this is this is um, the first time we've been scored on in the past five games. <laughs> so, wow. you know, and I was and honestly, honestly, it was a lucky play because. They threw a pass. See, this is – okay, I will say this. And this is what I like about um, the people I work with. Like, my boy my boy Jordan, I told you, he's the head coach. The reason I like it is because what we do that's different than most teams in this league is, number one, we take it seriously. And that we're really trying to teach these kids how to play football. But first and foremost, we want to show them that hard work does pay off. Okay? That was our goal to start the season. Right. So – what we do is, you know, my boy's wife, she usually records the games and then we'll comb through the film and everything um, after the game to kind of see the things that we need to fix. And we've made improvements every single week. And I think what this last game exposed is um, we're a little weak versus the pass. Now, now the thing is that mm-hmm. in this league, there's not a lot of passing, okay? Um Okay. Because the quarter the quarterbacks are just not up to that level as of yet. So we've been shutting people out because they have to run on us and you cannot run on our defense. That's just bottom line. Okay? Mm-hmm. But what this last game exposed is that we're a little weak on the corners and we need to work on that pass coverage. So that's that's what we're gonna focus on this week is getting our corners up to speed and getting our safety up to speed so we can stop that pass. Because the play that they scored on, it was a pass over the middle, which one of our guys is in the right position. He, he overran it a little bit, and he tapped the ball, and mm-hmm. it ended up falling into the guy's hands anyway, and he caught it for a touchdown. You see what I'm saying? So right. We were in the right spot. We was just a lucky bounce. But after that, they didn't score anymore because, uh, you know, we did what we had to do. Uh, but they, got, they still got a couple more passes off on us, some pretty long passes, too, towards the end of the game, but we were able to shut them out um, at the end. But I love it because we make adjustments every week. We take this seriously. You know, I sat there yesterday, right, during practice, and we practice on the field with, like, two other teams that are in the same league, okay? Um, right. Now, it's one team that we already beat this season. Uh, I think they're the Eagles. 
and they practice like to the left of the field to us. And now I'm working with our boys, like kind of going through our offense, making sure we're clean and all that stuff like that. And then we did like some tackling drills. And, you know, we obviously we do a little condition in every, every practice. But I look over to the left, and I'm watching the, the, uh, the team over there, and it's like the, literally the coaches just have the kids doing whatever they want to do. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. well, that, that explains why they're trash because they're not learning anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just I appreciate the fact that, you know, we got some fellas that, you know, we love having fun, but when it's time to work, we, it's, it's, it's that we, we, we want to make sure that we're putting in work. And the main thing we get across is that hard work pays off, and I think that our boys are starting to realize that um, right. by the results they're having on, on the field. So it's been awesome, man. Mm. It's been it's been very cool okay. to see this thing play out, and I'm just I'm hoping that um, I ain't hoping we gonna bring home the championship, man. Forget that. Mm-hmm. We take it home the championship, but it's it's been cool, man. I like to see the look on the kids' faces. I think they're feeling themselves a little bit too, man. We we be having to calm them down. You know that Monday afterwards, like okay, keep in mind we still got you know we still got the playoffs. You ain't win nothing yet. Yeah, your record is nice, but don't mm-hmm. start feeling yourself now. After you get the trophy, then you can feel yourself all you want to. You know, right? But it's been a blessing to have such a good season going on. You know, with the team that I'm coaching on versus looking at what the hell the Giants is doing because it's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sad at this uh, point. Yeah, I watched part of that game and it was like terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad at this point, man. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that though a little bit later, but ain't too much going on, on this side, man. That's about it. Just coaching, you know, same old, same old every day. Uh, what's going on mm-hmm. on your side, man? Well, uh, this past weekend, uh, the brothers were out on the corner for their final barbecue dinner sale, and. Uh, I'm imagining they probably did okay pretty well because the people know that they will be uh, shut down until uh, the spring of next year. And uh, other than the uh, the Super Bowl, when they do the uh, uh, sell uh, pre-orders for the uh, Super Bowl, they rack them up, uh, rack them up, Super Bowl. So right. other right. than that, you, your mother and I and one of the youth went down Saturday to the state convention, and uh, there's a lot of talk gearing up uh, for the get out the vote effort, and uh, so that's what a lot of the focus was on uh, trying to uh, encourage people to do what they can do to make sure people get to the polls and uh, you know and vote and participate in the uh, process. So. That was basically uh, the highlight of our weekend. And then we had to go back down there Sunday morning for the executive committee, which uh, your mother, myself, and Mr. Singleton uh, is on the executive committee. And uh, But then we left about, I guess about, we had to be there about 9 o'clock. We left about shortly after 11 and headed back home. And uh, that was the that was pretty much our weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I come to the realization, man, and I ain't really got no problem with this. I come to the realization that I really don't I don't do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm like when it comes to like like going out and stuff like that, if it ain't you know the work, 
or to, to practice the coach or to the games or wherever I need to run to, you know, with my wife or the kids, something I really I really do nothing. <laughs> I really do I, absolutely nothing. I you know what? You know, I wouldn't even yeah. say that because just from observing and seeing I'm involved first of all, you have three young girls that are involved mm-hmm. in soccer league and then you took an additional uh, task upon yourself by working with these young kids and teaching them the the, the fundamentals of the game of football. And uh, and you go out there, this is your first year, and you've managed to yeah. build a winning team, which is, I mean, that's, that's like, I, I mean, <laughs> that's like hardly heard, ever heard of. And so you do yeah. that, you work, and so I would not sell yourself short because you do do a lot. Now, as the yeah. kids get older and they start, you know, doing their own thing and, and stuff like that, you might find some time to do some other things. But you do those things, you do the, the work that you do around the house, all that kind of stuff there. I mean, man, you got a full plate. The only thing that I get a little bit concerned about is that I just don't hope hope that you don't like burn yourself out, you know? Because you, but you're like your mom. Your mom has to keep yeah. going. She's like the, she's like the damn uh, what do you call it? Energizer bunny. Yeah. And uh, she just keeps going and going and going. Man, I get tired just watching her go. But uh, you know, man, you, do, you do a lot. I can't. You, do, you do a great job. Yeah, you know, I said sometimes I wonder, like, you know, I say I don't do anything. I think it's mainly because I'm just, you know, it's not that I don't do anything. It's just I do, I would say, more productive things now with my time. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. before it was about, you know, going out to have drinks or going to happy hour and all this other stuff like that, that's just no longer my thing anymore. So maybe it's not that I'm not doing enough. I just have a different – I get enjoyment out of doing different things nowadays. Like the coaching right. thing, you, I love doing that. Yep. You know. So you're working, evolving. Up, working on stuff those around are, the house. Are, yeah. Yeah, you're evolving. Those are the different stages of maturity. At one point, yeah, I used to do like you're saying, hang out. That was my thing. I want to go and hang out a little bit, you know, do a little drinking and carrying on. And I was mostly – most of the time, uh, especially when I got married, I was doing just out there by myself. I didn't really have uh, many friends uh, that I would be hanging out with. And JoJo, uh, one of my best friends, uh, he was in the same situation. He was married. He had the, the two boys and so forth. And uh, so I would mostly sometimes go out alone. Every once in a while, he and I might hang out a little bit together. Right. For the most part, I was a loner out there. And uh, then you, you know, you, you, uh, you get to a point where that's, that's not the life. That's not what you're into. But one of the things I wanted to share with you uh, before I, before I miss it, and that is your, your grandfather feels that uh, he said, he said, you a politician. That's what he called you a politician. Right. So he's looking, (laughs) He's looking for you 
to become that. He thinks you can run into power. He really believes, and I believe that too, because you you're yeah. you're very uh, very well spoken in terms of uh, you know articulating the issues and things of that nature. But your grandfather is very very proud of you. Uh, you just don't know how yeah. proud of you he is. I appreciate that. That's that's cool. Now I will say this: I don't know if I can. I don't think I got the temperament to deal with these people in the politics, man. Because I just I cannot. I can't take stupidity, man. I can't do it. Well, politics it. is a brutal game. It's a brutal game. It is. It's uh. And I, and I, and I, you have. If I can't be straightforward. Yeah. If I can't be straightforward with somebody, I can't. I can't be in something like that. I need to be able to speak to you how I felt. I feel you need to be spoken to in order to understand where I'm coming from. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's now, a game of it's a game of compromising. Right. You got to be willing to compromise some of the things that you might you might hold dear in order to get some support on other things that you hold dear. But then you got to kind of like prioritize. This is what I'm willing to. This is what I'm willing to give a little on, but then this is where I'm not willing to give a little. And so those people that go into politics thinking that, like you hear John McCain often, they say call him the maverick. It takes a lot right. to be a maverick, man. It takes a whole lot to be a maverick, man, because you're going against your own party at times, and uh, you got to make those compromises that your party may not necessarily agree with. All that kind of stuff, you know. So it's a challenge. Yeah, um, I think you know, look, looking at the current climate and just how, like, I don't know how out of touch people seem to be right now. You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm talking about my generation, maybe a little bit below me and above. They they seem to be out of touch of you know what's most important. At this point, so what I choose to do from now on, I think it starts with coaching, is focusing on the youth, man. Because, you know, you can you can get to them early, and that way, you know, you you can kind of not. I'm, I'm not saying to, I don't want to say shape their perspective of life, but just provide them lessons or teach them the the qualities that we should have. You can start that at that age. People my age or maybe a little bit younger than me and above, they just set in their ways, man. That's that's from what I see right now because it. And I know most people, or yeah, you have to say most people because majority, uh, Hillary Clinton did win the majority vote, right? The popular vote. Uh, yeah, yes, um, she did. So you would have to think that most people kind of feel the same way, where it's just like there are just common sense things that need to be done, and the people we put in office don't understand that and uh, and apparently there are millions of people who don't understand that as well who will support will say this particular administration no matter what they do so i'm kind of like i'm kind of fed up at this point you know i will continue to to urge my people to vote or to urge other people to vote because that's the main way you get your voices heard at the end of the day and also to be aware of what's going on at least to be aware so you can you know try to pass the word to other people but I'm not trying to convince well, nobody anymore. That's it. I'm all, yeah, I'm, you, I'm done with this. Yeah, people are well. Yeah, people are stuck in their in their beliefs and so forth. And uh, the, the main thing is, 
I, I think what we can do and continue to do is to encourage people to at least cash their ballot. And whether it is a winning ballot or a losing ballot, at least they know how big the opposition is to the ballot that might have won. Or they know just how popular the ballot might have won is, you know, and so forth. And then that just tells you uh, if you're on the losing end, how steep a hill you may have to climb. But the important thing, I think, is what we can say to people uh, is to try to at least educate them to the issues. Now, not everybody, but now when I say educate, I'm talking about, like, when you're with your with your guys and so forth, then you have the, the exchange conversations, and uh, they learn from you, you learn from them, and so forth. It's like people people who don't really participate, like, a lot of people don't pay as much attention as you and I do to uh, the politics. And, and, and to be honest, I started paying a lot more attention once I started to, uh, once I became the political action chair for the state of Pennsylvania in AACP. And that got me to look at the different parties and you see those different parties, man, and you say, "Wow, some of the, the things that they uh, their their platforms, they're they're really out there. Some of them, some of them are really out there. Yeah. So yeah. So you you get to understand that and look at that. And you say, "Well, what is this party? What is that party? Well, I got to learn a little bit about that because I did the research behind it and so forth. But the main thing I would say is for the young person or the person that don't feel their vote means anything. And if that were the case, then why are the Republicans trying so hard to suppress your vote? Why are they trying so hard to do that? And they try hard too, man. They're they already up to the games. Uh, right before these uh, yeah. these, these uh, midterm elections, man. Yeah, and it's, and it's so much stuff that's strong. Okay, now you got the Native American, what they uh, forgot what is that Utah? I don't know where they from. Uh, it's from where yeah. uh, is it Nebraska? Is it Heidi 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 High Camp or Heidi High Camp? Uh, yeah, Heidi yeah. High Camp. So yeah, they they're stopping the the Indians, the the Native Americans that's on the reservations. They're they're making it difficult for them to be able to vote, you know, and so forth. And then you got something going on in Georgia where they where they they uh, put the uh, registrations on hold for fifty three thousand people, and most of those people, seventy percent of those registrations were African American. Then you got the thing going on in Texas where you had that college where the county that the college is located uh-huh. in is majority white, but the the attendance at the college is majority black. And so right. where they're making it difficult for those people to vote. So the thing is, what 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 astounds you is like they are constantly, man, they're throwing all kinds of things at you. And and this thing with Georgia, first of all, that person 
who's the Secretary of State, who's in charge of the election, and he's mm-hmm. running for governor against uh, the lady a- Stacey Abrams. He's running for yeah. governor against her, and yet he's allowed to oversee that process. That's something is wrong with that. And they they so blatant, they don't even care. That's that's literally the biggest conflict of interest ever, yo. And I'm just saying, they're like, how does anybody think that 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 makes it even? How how is that fair for the Democratic candidate? Yeah. You know, imagine if it was a, a race where you had a Democratic candidate who was also ahead of uh, the Department of Elections, but also running for the same running for the position. Yeah, Republicans would go crazy. That would be like a main yeah. talking point. You know, they all stay on the same. That would be a main talking point to rally yeah. voters. And it's like when we do it, we're just supposed to ignore it. That's crazy. It 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 is crazy. It makes you, like, right now, right now, I guess the the best thing that we have, the best weapon we have is getting the people to the polls, making sure that they vote. But if yeah. this kind of stuff continues, I, I'm fearful of where it will lead us because that's just, that's just blatant. That's just blatantly wrong, and I mean, it's, they don't care. It's all over the country, man. It's all over yeah. the country. Even in Virginia, even in Virginia, they yeah. had a guy who was signing like they were like signing like false signatures for a third party candidate so they can take votes away from the from the Democratic candidate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, was like was like you know all involved in that stuff, and I'm just like, what's what's up? And all oh, hey, I know what I'm going to talk to you about. I know exactly what I need to talk to you about. And I don't know if you got a chance to hear this, man, but did you did you hear the ad that that um that white nationalist group put out in Florida against Andrew Gilliam? No. Oh my God! Hold on, let me hit this with a hell no, cause you, man, listen. Oh hell no. Hmm. Man, listen. They said. First of all, the headline was like, this is the most disgusting ad that's ever been put out, I guess, in this particular race. Honestly, I can well, I don't know. I ain't heard nothing from back in the day. It probably was some bad ones. But this was pretty bad. So basically, the ad, it's a radio ad, right? It's a robocall, matter of fact, okay? Okay. This is a robocall that's been set up by this white national group, and they're from, like, somewhere in Ohio or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. But it got a black dude speaking like basically like a house Negro throughout the whole thing saying, Well, I'm a I'm a Andrew Gilliam and I'm gonna do this to your taxes and I'm gonna do 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 I'm like, Who thought this was okay? Hmm. <laughs> this I mean, we still doing this? Yeah. We still yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah, man. I, you know what? I should have did. I, man, I should have downloaded that so I could play it on the show. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm glad I didn't because I don't want to get that no publicity at all. For real. Right, right. Yep, yep. I don't want to give it no publicity at all. But I literally listen to that. And I'm sitting here like, people are picking up their phone and hearing this, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm wondering if it's really people in Florida that after watching this man on TV and all these debates, I know he's on TV every five seconds in Florida because he's running for governor, that mm-hmm. you still believe that's how he talked. Yeah. So, well, I would yeah, be yeah. immediately appalled if I heard that. Like, no, they just they didn't do this. I know this is this, this is a joke. This got to be a joke. It's crazy, man. We still doing this stuff. Well, it's 2018. That's, that's, this is crazy. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm really, really concerned about, Ron, because like that's why I'm saying if we can't. If, if they're resorting to these types of tactics, these are tactics that were employed way back, way right after Reconstruction and stuff like that. And they're doing that in this year, 2018. I mean, it's, the people, this is where the people, I understand, I understand, um, if you're a Republican, you believe you have certain ideology, you believe in conservative judges, and hey, you have a right. The president has a right to appoint uh, those judges and so forth. And if, if the if the uh, if the Senate is controlled by the uh, by the other party, then they ha- or by the by the uh, presidential party, then yes, they can uh, move to confirm these people. It's just a matter of uh, the amount of votes they get confirming them versus the amount they get that vote against that. But uh, this, this, this is this is stuff here, man. I'm, I'm telling you, this is on the threshold. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, Ron, come 2020. I really don't. Listen, listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. All right. Uh-huh. This the first. This the first line. It opens up saying this. This is crazy. All right. This listen. This, this is what I'm talking about. It says, "Well, hello there. I is the Negro Andrew Gillum, and I've been asking you to make me governor of, of this year's state of Florida. Come on, man. Really? Really? Well, that that clearly is a racist uh, ad. That's a racist call, and so forth." And hopefully the people that are receiving the call are turned off or smart enough to just ignore it and express their outrage. Obviously, the fact that you you mentioned it uh, has has caught national attention. So that's that's disgraceful, disgraceful. It's a it's a white supremacist group. It's called sponsored and paid for by the Road to Power a white supremacist website and a podcast based in Idaho. Mhm. Yeah. And that that's why when I see these people of color at these Trump rallies, either they must have paid them to be there because they're right there positioned right behind the podium where he's speaking from. You know, so that you can obviously see them. But it ain't that many of them. Now, you look at the difference. Uh, you might have seen maybe one. You might see two. Maybe I. Maybe you might, in that one view, you might see as many as three, maybe five. But look at the difference between that that audience and the audience that uh, 
Biden was speaking to. Right. Look at the diversity. Well, Look at the difference in the diversity. There is no diversity. He's not interested in trying to bring nope. the country together. He, they're not nope. interested in looking out to other groups. You know, I was watching TV the other day, and it got me at an excellent point. Okay, and this is this is how bad it's become at this point in time. This is this is how childish and stupid and young we are in politics at this time. Okay, so they they recently worked together, the Republicans and the Democrats, to do something about the opioid epidemic that's going on, right? I think they just ended right. up passing some bill that's supposed to help um, fund opioid research to try to help with the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that they work together on doing. Trump goes to a rally. He brings up the opioid thing. Crowd goes clapping. He said, yeah, with little help from the Democrats. You see what I'm saying? That, uh, that, was, yeah. that, was, a, that was a moment. See, that was a moment where he could have at least brought the country together on that to show that he's not there gonna, are things yeah, that do make gonna. sense. We can work together. They don't, he doesn't want to point out the fact that when we work on things that are common sense, that make sense, that we can actually get stuff done. No, we want to keep, we want to keep the rhetoric going on and keep focusing on the BS where you can't get any Democrats involved to work with them because it's something stupid that they're trying to pass. We want to keep talking about that versus the common sense issues that we all agree on that we can try to unite the country with. That was his opportunity to at least do that, and he failed on it. That's where we are right now in politics, man. That's where we are. Yeah, because it's, it's, uh, that's the red meat. And, and the reason you, right. they call it red meat is because that is what that audience expects. So if you're the president, now you're supposed to rise above it and tried, you know, tried to appeal to a broader, a broader electorate. But what's happening is that his numbers, I think the highest it was, was the recent poll was 47, which is the all, I don't think it's been that high since he's been in office. So, but it was like 47. Uh, this man is not working towards trying to bring the country together. He, the country, his, his, his best opportunity is to divide the country. And here's the important part about this, Ron. It is crucial, very crucial, for the Democrats to at least, at a minimum, to win the House. That the Senate might be a, a, an, uphill, an uphill climb, but we never know. We don't know until Election Day. But right. at least win the house because if you if you win the house, then you you appoint the chairs of all of those different committees and so forth. So you are able to move things forward or hold things up. And so even if the Democrats were to uh, get enough where the Republicans needed them to pass something, is the fact is that. If they have the majority, then they control the House of Representatives, and they get yeah. to appoint they get to appoint their chairs and so forth. So it's crucial. It's crucial. I would like to see them win. The Democrats win both the uh, House and the Senate, but the Senate is a is a is a steeper climb. But we don't know. We won't know until Election Day, you know, because no. uh, it's, yeah, yeah. 
Now, I'm going to tell you one positive that a lot of people don't talk about when it What's comes that? to the Democrats being in the House. If they gain the House, well, guess, guess who has subpoena power now? The Democrats. Yeah, the Democrats. Yeah. So what, what that means now, we're going to start bringing in some real people that we really need to ask some questions to and get to the bottom of this whole collusion thing, you know, at least do our part in the House, because right now the House is just crazy. The Senate is at least yep. attempting to do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you can't get nothing from the House. The Democrats take over, that's all out the window, and you're going to see a whole new line of investigations going on. So, I hope that's the case. I'm ready to just get to the point. And honestly, another thing we, we, don't, we haven't talked about either is that there's been reports that Mueller's going to drop whatever he has after these midterm elections. So, yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, curious the, to see where that goes. Yeah, some of the reporting I've seen saying uh, that uh, a lot of people might be disappointed, uh, those that mm. are looking for him. Because here's the thing, I, I probably is why we said it, but really, Mueller has, the thing about Mueller, he's been keeping a tight lip on what he's doing, but he's aggressively working behind the scenes. I think there's a grand jury that's currently impaneled uh, to review some of these issues that are going on. But uh, now they're saying he has to submit that report to Rod Rosenstein. And then Rod has to decide what to release publicly and what not to release. Right. I don't know now. I don't know. I don't know where Rod is. I don't. I, I'm not. At some points, he sounds good, but I, right now, I just don't know. And uh, I think, uh, I think here's what I believe, Ron. Unless unless they really do shock me, I I think they're gonna conclude that. Well, possibly conclude but that Trump had no collusion or something. Now, what about the obstruction of justice? They might, yeah. I think they should be able to see that. But the reason I say that, I just heard Roger Stone, and he's like, he's going to fall on the sword if, if it needs to be, to me, or the way he oh. came across. Now, it, it might be different. Uh, with what Mueller is able to, you know, get. But they seem to be targeting uh, Roger Stone. Uh, but he was yeah. very, very defiant uh, the other day I heard him say, speaking, you know? Well, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, um, justice will catch up to you. So I'm not worried about that. You could be as defiant as you want to. It'll catch up to you if it needs to, you know? Yeah, and it's this whole it's this it, whole collusion yeah. <clears throat> did take place. I don't see. I mean, you never know with these Republicans, but I don't see them just letting that slide. You know, with well, a little slap on the wrist. Uh, yeah, I see this. It sounds like if any member of the campaign colluded, then that's that's Trump. That's part of his campaign. So indeed, uh, and from all the things right now, just. By what we know publicly, what we know, it definitely looks like there's some collusion. I've never, and since I've been old enough to vote, 
I've never seen this much contact with Russia. I ain't never seen that kind of contact like this. Right. Right. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, hopefully we'll I thought see. they were I thought they, I thought they were an enemy. I know we talk to enemies that much. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can understand cuz we're going to be talking about uh they say Trump is talking about pulling out of the I guess the the stock agreement, nuclear agreement and stuff like that where the agreement doesn't eliminate arms, it kind of reduces the number of nuclear weapons and so forth. But uh, right. he's talking about that with Russia. He's talking about that with Russia. So I don't know if that's him trying to show that he's tough with Russia and all that kind of But to be honest with you, I just don't believe, I believe Trump, I believe he's beholden to Russia. I believe he's beholden to Saudi Arabia. Mm. You know, it's it's just it's uh, that's what my belief is. Yeah, that. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, well, first let me say this: y'all listen to the provocation, real people, real conversations. You want to join the convo? It's five one six four one eight five four six seven, or hit us up on Twitter and B underscore provocation, and that's with an eight and not an A. Um, that Saudi Arabia thing is crazy, man. With um, Mr. Khashoggi. Yeah. Uh, they literally planned that because you had somebody walk out the building in his clothes, posing as if they were him. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it, and yeah. I mean, that, that that's crazy. That was just. Crazy. I mean, it's literally it's literally a terrorist spy movie. It's that's what we're literally watching take place in front of our eyes. They yeah. they got this yeah. man, brought him in the building, yeah. did whatever they did to him. Um, somehow, well, they had to cut his body up. They said in order to get him out, there's no way they're carrying that large of anything yeah. out. They had to cut him up. And then you have somebody yeah. wear his clothes to pose as if they were him. Yeah. It's literally a movie. That is, that is, that is the grossest thing that I ever seen or heard. And that's just, it's unreal. And, uh, you know what's crazy, too? You know what's so crazy, too? Yeah. Is that they gave an explanation that it was an interrogation going bad, right? Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out, how do you tell somebody that when you don't, you haven't even showed them the body? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where where is the body? They're not going to show you. So, They're never going to show you the body. That's what I'm saying. So how do you make a statement? I'm just trying to figure out how do you make a statement that it was an interrogation gone bad, but you cannot show the body? Mm-hmm. And people are supposed to take that seriously? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, it makes yeah. no sense. What, you make, you're admitting that you had, he was in your possession and you interrogated him. Okay. Yeah. Well, where is he? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? How yep. do you just come out and, t- and say that without letting us know where he's at? So, if this, so okay, all right. <laughs> right. So let's just say this, right? Let's say there was like, oh, he's right here, and he's in a bunch of pieces, okay? Right. What type of interrogation was that? That's what I want to know. Right. 
Mm-hmm. What type of interrogation is it when you leave the the room? Right. Yeah. Because I, if that's the case, I don't ever want to get pulled into interrogation by the police. If that's where we're going. Yeah. Well, that's, that's that's crazy. That's that that was barbaric. That was like something that you could see in those old movies of uh, you know uh, barbarism and stuff like that, and torture in the days of the uh, kings and stuff like that. That's just that's just yeah that's that's I don't know that's just unreal. I mean, I mean, pop, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. interrogation going bad, and interrogation going bad, but you can't tell me where he's at? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? I'm not, I, at this point, I can give a damn about the interrogation. What did you do right. with him? You know what yeah. I'm saying? But my thing is this. You Listen, listen, this, this is my thing. This is, you either have to be, well, you can only be like either extremely bold and you can give a damn about what anybody thinks by coming out with an explanation like that. Seriously. Come mm-hmm. on, man. I don't know, man. This this is some crazy. You know what? You know, this is um. We gotta nip this in the bud quick, man. Because see, Trump Trump is at the position now where he can pretty much say whatever the hell he want to say without any facts or any truth, and he got a coalition yep. of people that will support his every move, right? That's where he at mm-hmm. right now. But see, here's the thing. You know, when, when the other world sees that the United States has a president that's acting that way and getting away with it, they're going to take it to another level. Because right now, they, it's already crazy corruption going on, all types of crazy stuff going on. But they try to clean it up for the cameras. But now it's like, well, if the president of the United States ain't doing it, hell, why, not? why do I have to try to clean stuff up? Yeah, we interrogated him. It went bad. We don't know where he's at, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so saying, like, normally it's no way they would have got away with saying something like that. You know that. Let's, let's just say President Obama was, was still the president of the United States, right? And a journalist mm-hmm. was over there. And all of a sudden, went missing. Stories come out that he was cutting pieces, all the stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And the explanation he got from Saudi Arabia was that it was interrogation going bad with right. nobody. What do you think President Obama's response would have been? Mm. <laughs> come on, man. That's, that would in any other presidency, Bill Clinton would have been like, "Really? Hey, send the whole army over there." Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. George Bush would have probably started a whole other war. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta like, we gotta nip this in the bud, man. It's because this guy is looking at. I mean, first of all, even if you think it. To come out and equate the loss of this man's life to monetary gain, uh, even through the United States, but there's gain that Trump has gotten from the Saudis, 
from them staying at his hotel and stuff like that. This is just, this is an insensitive man. I don't know. It's just when he, when he talks, well, you know what? The rest of the world is seeing all of this play out. And it's going to affect our relationship with our allies. Plain and simple. You know what, man? I'm just I'm just like I'm just flabbergasted. It's like you know, like I said before, man, the two things that upset me the most or that get on my nerves the most is traffic and I don't like stupid people, man. Like we gotta be able to have a conversation when you can put a, a sentence together that makes some sense. Okay? I need that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know you know I listen to, to Trump say today? Because you know I watch I watch none of the rallies, so I get all like my you know like on YouTube I see the clips or something like that, or they may show a couple clips on CNN or MSNBC right. or wherever else I'm watching. This dude said, he said, oh those those uh those globalists, you know what a, he said, you know what a globalist is? He said mm-hmm. a person who cares more about the globe than their own country. Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me just say that one more time, right? Let me, let me, let me just run yeah. this yeah. by you one more time, okay? He yeah, said, do you know what a globalist is? Mm-hmm. He said, a person who cares more about the globe than they do their own country. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mm-mm. maybe this is just me, okay? Maybe it's just me. But the last time I referred to the rest of the earth, I said mm-hmm. the world, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's usually the word I use when I refer to, to all the other countries. I would say the rest mm-hmm. of the world, okay? Mm-hmm. You say a person who cares more about the globe in in their own country. (laughs) You know. Yeah, I I know. I mean, my thing is this. My thing is this, man. How can you listen to somebody over and over again who has no substance whatsoever, man? Or makes no sense? Yeah. Why are we subjected to this? Every single day, man. Like it's it's so frustrating and draining just to like like when I see I'm used to seeing a president and being inspired. Like I want to hear what he has to say. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, man. Like you know, I know President Obama's out there doing speeches and stuff. Sometimes I don't even listen to it because it makes me upset that that's not what I'm getting every time my president speaks. Right. right. You know, like this whole thing with the with the caravan right coming over here. Coming yeah, towards yeah. us or whatever. It's just caravan of people right there. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. now, now we got some, it's some Muslims oh, in the caravan. Hell no. Mm-hmm. So let me take you, right? So the Muslims flew all the way down to South America, 
They said, we're going to join this coalition of people walking to the United States. So they decided to walk all the way from South America to the United States. Mm-hmm. What sense did that make? Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it just it it defies it defies any common sense. Now, to, to be to be to be accurate, they did say when they I guess these people that they arrest maybe like less than a percent is might be a, a terrorist that might have been arrested or a, a murderer that might have been arrested, you know. But you know, and and you know, like your mother and I were talking, and we were saying, isn't it isn't it somewhat strange that all of a sudden, just prior to the election, the midterm elections, you see these right. people marching towards the border? You know, so that's a right. that's a, that's that's a talking point that gives him a a talking point to use to motivate his base to get out there, and it's just. Right now they're saying, I guess, the Democrats have uh, 72% enthusiasm, Republicans have 68%, and they say that 68% was largely due to the Kavanaugh hearings and so forth because they got another Supreme right. Court judge. And that's what they wanted was the Supreme Court judge because those types of appointments are lifetime appointments. So that means they... Mm-hmm. They they could be four decades, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look at uh, look at Miss Ginsburg. You know, I'm quite sure she would probably felt if there was another uh, another uh, uh, maybe a Democratic president that she would probably uh, consider, you know, a retiring and so forth. But I think she's right. I think she's just hanging in there as best she can because that's right. a lot, man. That's a lot, but they show yeah. they show her, man. She be pumping up, man. She be doing exercises. She got to help me. We we counting on her, man. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need her in there right now. Please, please, yeah. God, if you yeah. can hear me, please, <laughs> please, just look out, man. Yeah. I know we in a test right now, but please, like, just just leave her right there. We gonna figure it out. Right. We gonna figure it out. You know, but it's just, I don't know, man, that's just crazy, man. Like, first of all, it is amazing how, like, right before the midterm elections, all of a sudden they decide to put this this caravan together to walk directly to the United States, right? Isn't that just that mm-hmm. amazing, though, when you think about it? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly, at this point in time, it's not even far-fetched to think that it may be something that they set up. It's not even far Yeah, but that's, that. what, that's what, you know, and it's sad when you start thinking that way because then you're thinking – Along the lines that they're thinking that it, because they, he's a big conspiracy theorist, you know. Right. So you don't know what type of agreement was made with Mexico and so forth. And then he talks about he's going to cut off aid. Hey, well, they were saying uh, that if you give them more aid, and, it, and it's not like it's not it's it's pro- well it, it comes down to economics. Is it, is it cheaper to give the country more aid so that people won't feel the need to leave because there's better opportunities and stuff like that 
But if the country is corrupt, I can understand that too. So I I, I don't I don't I don't know. It's 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 a, it's a tough thing. But they're saying that if you give the countries more aid, that maybe that will help stem the tide of uh, the uh, immigration and so forth. Right. But uh, the, the countries, though, too, are corrupt, a lot of them. I mean, you got gays that got more power than a lot of, a lot of uh, the governments there, you know, especially yeah, they, the areas that they control. It's a real control. problem. Yeah. It's a real problem in those countries, man. That's why people yeah. leave. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and to see someone willing to make that journey with their child, carrying their child, uh, perfect. Right. I don't know how many people got to. I don't know how they managed to get those strollers that they were pushing through all of that terrain and everything. But that's yeah. got that's a sheer sign of desperation. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna sit there. And, yeah. I'm not gonna walk thousands of miles to to try to get into them. Not even guaranteed. No, to get in or and be able to start a new life. I'm not going to do that unless I'm, it's really, really bad where I'm at. Like, I, this got to be bad. My only other option, yeah, my only other option is dying, basically. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's like, what's the sense? Like, if you, if you are an adult person, it's almost like saying, why would you bring a child into this environment? You know that they got to be either join a gang to be able to stay alive or as best they can. You know, that's a, that's a serious, I mean, you know, we don't have, well, fortunately we don't have anything close to as bad as that. But then again, there are certain neighborhoods that you could live in that are prone to gangs and so forth. And, uh, that was one of the concerns that I had, Ryan, when when uh, you were born, was that uh, the, the situation. I'm just looking at it from from my perspective, but then you look at these people. I mean, I've never. I was fortunate that my parents always seemed to move into areas that were. They might not have been the best, but they were better than some of the others that were a lot worse. Uh, right. I remember having family members that lived in the project. My mother never even considered living in the project and so forth. Now, we mm-hmm. did live in an apartment building when we first came up north to Orange, uh, but that's about it. We didn't live in a project. Uh, and then we moved from Orange to Newark on West Market Street, and there was, there was a three-story, three-story apartment. And uh, mm-hmm. then we moved from there to Tenth Street. That's 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 where that's how we, uh, you know, how we moved about. Right. But uh, yeah, man. I, well, this is, you know, I, I, we 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 definitely been blessed, um, you know, to be fortunate to. To live in, you know, certain areas. I mean, even when we lived in Jersey, it wasn't those areas at the time weren't as bad as they may be uh, no, now. No, you know what I'm saying, or, no. or gotten. So, yeah, um, 
Because I think, yeah. Yeah. Because I think about it often. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, I think about it often. I, I think, Ryan, I think back to my days at elementary school. I used to go to Warren Street School in Newark. And that was like maybe at least, I would say, a mile and a half that I had to walk. My mother would walk me to the school. She would go with me several times till I learned how to get there. She would, and when I would come back home by myself, she she would meet me at a certain point just to see how far along I got, you know? Right. And until she was comfortable with me knowing how to go. And then I was even able to go downtown to the to the Newark Library and Museum. And this was just as a child on my own. Yeah. And I was, what, maybe at that time I was in the fifth grade, fourth grade, fourth, well, I say fifth grade. So, I mean, but as, as, as we got older, then we started seeing how the area changed. And there were certain areas that you did avoid because you knew, you know, you, were, you didn't feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's part of life. That's learning how to maneuver uh, through life. And uh, times have changed. Uh, whereas, uh, like, we didn't, uh, you, you didn't have to walk to school. We dropped you off at school. Well, you know? when I was in Jersey, yeah. When I was in Jersey, you yeah. did, did drop me off. Well, yeah. It, see, that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to. I need to. I need to uh, clarify that. Yes, in Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, remember when we came up here, I think it was your uh, your grandma, Vo, that took you, walked you around to the school, right? Yeah, she would walk me until I found some friends. Initially, initially, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And then I think some of the Chris from across the street, you know, that's who you would go to school with and stuff like that. And, uh, right. and then you got, you know, to the point where you went on your own and stuff, you know? Right. That's because we felt, as parents, we felt more comfortable and, yeah. in, in, in that. But had we stayed in Jersey... You wouldn't have been walking to school, man. Not not until you got <laughs> probably into not until you got maybe closer to uh, grammar school, you know. But as far as elementary school, no, you wouldn't have did it. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It's crazy, man. We jumped yeah. all over the place on that subject, huh? Well, we it's jumped crazy. over, but the thing is, we're trying to what we were trying to do is trying to imagine what it would, well, we can't. We really can't imagine what it would be yeah, like even, to live in one of those countries that people are willing right. to travel thousands of miles walking. I mean, he ain't talking about driving. We're talking about walking. Right. That's serious, man. That's some serious stuff. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think that even in even in the areas we lived in that had their rough their rough spots, it's probably nothing compared to what these people go to go through in these countries. Today. Nothing, you know what I'm saying? Nothing. It's nothing. So to, to any, imagine it even yeah. worse. Wow. Yeah, and anything, anything 
other than living there is a step up. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's a step right. up. So, I mean, it's just sad, man, sad. It's sad, very sad. And, uh, yeah. yeah. That, you know, I don't know, man. I still think, you know, I mean, and also it's crazy to think that, you know, we're just going to let, no, you know, I hate, you know, I hate when I, the Republican talking point that I hate the most is that they say, and I'm not even Democrat anymore, but this whole Democrats want open borders. I hate yeah. to say that because nobody's saying, look, just open the gate and let anybody in here. We know there's no, a process no. that you need to go through. There's a legal yeah. process that you need to go through, but there's a more humane way of treating people. That's all we're saying. Like, just, you, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're the country that's supposed to, to be the example for the rest of the world. Is this what we want to present? Like, what if our, our people wanted to go to another country and they were treated the same way? Well, you got yeah, the airport, and when you go to walk outside, they just start messing with you and all this. Come on, man. I don't yeah. know. We just got to be bigger than that. You look at, you look at the, uh, the lady uh, the earlier, I think, earlier this week, the lady was on. She was a former ambassador. I think it might have been sun, Sunday. Former ambassador yeah. to Mexico. I think she served the Bush, yeah. Obama, and she just resigned, I think, from the Trump administration uh, somewhere back. I think it was back in June, maybe when they did their family separations and stuff like that. Uh, you know, right. so, uh, but these, you know, I mean, it's, everybody is looking for, for whatever reason. Uh, people are looking to just make a better life for their children and for themselves and so forth. So you do have, uh, you have, like you say, oh, she was saying that 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 border that border stretches over two thousand miles. Now, now, mm-hmm. come on, now you're gonna build a wall. Now, he's 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 fixated on this wall, right? So yeah, yeah. Now. Currently, those drug cartels don't they have don't they have tunnels going under the ground? Right. So, so it's, it's I guess it's a matter of how deep how deep you dig, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, I just well, first of all, you're not gonna put up a border no two thousand two thousand miles. It's just not happening. Yeah, it ain't happening. No, it ain't happening. Well, here's my thing. I mean, first of all, it's stupid because instead of using that money to build a damn structure going 2,000 miles, which is ridiculous, and I don't know how you're going to do it over a river. You know what I'm saying? Like, how how's that going to work? Right. You know? So it's like, well, with the way technology is nowadays, you mean to tell me you can't set up some type of system where there's there, there are, like, where monitors zones, and once there's movement in a zone – then it focuses on that, and you can see whether it's somebody trying to sneak in or maybe it's an animal running by or something. We don't have the technology right. to do that. Come on, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I think we, we do. We can, yeah. There could be, like, things set up where there's, like, perimeters around these areas where you don't have to build a whole structure. You can build basically a, a, an electric perimeter. When, it, when they come in there, it alerts people. And then probably every so often you would need to have you know, an office set up or something like that for border patrol so they can, they can you know, get to wherever the, the alert has been sent to, right? whatever. You know what I'm saying? 
But we have the yeah. technology to do that. It's no way. You got drones now. You got all this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But the only thing we can get behind is building a wall. That's why I'm like, I'm just, I'm just fed up with people at this point in time, right? Because logically, yeah. it does not make sense. It don't make sense. No, I, I think, well, first of all, you can have the best uh, uh, security and everything, but if people want to find a way, they will find a way. They will find a way because, like we said, there's no way you're going to cover. Now, I believe they they may already employ the use of drones and so forth. How wide an area can they cover? And I guess how often do they, fly, uh, I guess, uh, on, a, on a single charge? And I, I know those drones are a lot more sophisticated than the drones we're talking about for recreational purposes. Uh, how long right. will they be able, on a on a on a charge, uh, be able to, you know, cover that area and so forth? But the thing is, yeah, you could do all, you could do that stuff. But there's still, and I'm not saying there's still going to be, if people are determined to get in, they're going to get in, and then hopefully you'll be able to apprehend them. But if you will cut down tremendously on the number of people. That's what I'm I'm really aiming at. You're going to cut down on the number of people. And then here, here's what I think, though, Ron. Here's what I really think is an issue, too. I think mm-hmm. that um, this whole issue with the uh, immigration, this all was started by employers, people, employers looking for cheap labor. Right. And if those employers were to, uh, say, check the Social Security database, boom, 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 to see if that person is a, is a citizen, then they could say, no, you can't, your application for employment is denied. So the person is either going to get discouraged and maybe return home. And some may say they might resort to this or that, but. You say most of the people are looking for a better life. So right. uh, they will probably get discouraged and return home because of what happens currently in the system is, and this is from my experience working with Social Security, is that these, they get like these individual tax numbers, which is an ITN. Uh, right. But when they would file their, uh, when, the, when the employer would send in, like the W-2s, and mm-hmm. we would run it through, compare it, do a little comparison on Social Security database. They don't match up with the Social Security numbers, and that's when you know that this is a it's a possibility. It's one of those ITN numbers, you know. Uh, so, but right. the reason why do why do they have an ITN number? Here's why they have it. If you work anywhere in the United States, unless they're paying you under the table, taxes are collected. Now, those people who are here illegally, but they're paying taxes, taxes in which they can never get the benefit of because they're not citizens. So you got that, you got that too. So 
you, you will hear the argument that they do pay taxes. And people, and that's another misconception that the Republicans put out there or the people who speak say they don't pay taxes. But if they are not being paid under the table, they're getting a paycheck. The only reason, the only way they can get that paycheck is they got to have a a tax identification number, right? And that's the way the IRS collects taxes. And so that money is building up, but they're never going to be able to until they become a citizen. Any Social Security benefits that they may have accumulated are not going to be available to them. It's just like, you know, and I think that's why I blame, yeah, I blame the employers uh, for, and because maybe that will help discourage people when they say, well, look, I'm going there and I can't get a job. But here's what, here's what happened to them. I'm going to end it because it started with the migrant workers where they came over and they worked, they worked the, uh, they pulled the crops and stuff like that. But what it was, now like, okay, say for instance, but now they they have other skills too. Say like they're able to go up and re- repair roofs and stuff like that. And now if you got a, a roof job, you're looking to say, if this job costs is like $5,000, and this, 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 this construction company said, well, we could do it for 3500 who do you think you're going to go with? So, uh, I'm going to go with a lower price. You know me. Right. So Americans, they want the benefit of not not the cheaper product, but getting the same level of work at a cheaper price. But right. all of that is coming from the possibility of, you know, illegal uh, immigrants, you know, coming into the country. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. the the whole The whole subject is just frustrating. I, I sit here and look at these people, right? And I'm not judging yeah. anybody, but I think I'm, I'm a pretty good I'm a, a pretty good judge of character, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I know a lot of these people are probably you know dealing with you know um, high pharm- pharmaceutical prices, uh, ter- terrible health care, all these medical bills and stuff like that, right? But you you'll go yeah. to a rally and scream about building a wall. Now, think about the money that they're going to use to build that wall and how they can use that towards maybe fixing the Affordable Care Act. I don't know. That sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah. Or or maybe trying to get to. down pharmaceutical prices. That's what I'm saying. Like, the things that benefit them the most, we're just going to ignore that and go with the nonsense all the time. And that's what's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're hurting yourself. Because you think that you're speaking to other people, but you're hurting yourself. We're trying to make lot, but see, Ron, that's the whole point. The whole point that you just said you're hurting yourself. These people that that are at these rallies chanting, "Build the wall, build the wall," they will hurt themselves if it means, you know. Addressing your addressing the, the immigration issue, that's how we'll do. Now you say Trump at, his, at the rally. Now he started the thing. Now the little phrase he says: Democrats create mobs, Republicans create jobs. 
But now, if you factually go back and look at the different administrations over the time, the Democrats have created more jobs than the Republicans. Right. Because what happens is they're greedy. They're greedy. Like this tax cut that they got, you think they passed this on on to the uh, workers? No, that was just more money in the pockets of the owners or the stock investors and so forth. They passed that on to the to the to the to the uh, to the worker for increased wages. If you look at the the rise in wages, it, it hasn't been that significant. Nope. Nope, because they pocket the money. Yeah. So, yeah. This whole trickle down effect, you know, we we've seen that that doesn't work, but I guess we're gonna resort back to doing the same things over and over again. Yeah. And expecting they do a different result, huh? Again. Yep. The definition yep. of insanity. Because that's what it is. They don't expect a different result. They are fine with the results that are happening. They are fine not giving people more because that would put less in their pocket. That's right. what this is all about. It's about the people who have and the have-nots. And the have-nots are getting larger and larger. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, man. We just got to get our priorities together. I can't wait to vote in November. I hope everybody else feels the same way. I cannot wait. Matter of fact, you guys I need to early vote in Virginia? Um, I think they do, but I ain't taking no chances. Uh-huh. I'm going straight to the poll. You know how I do. I want to. I yeah. want to make well, I sure think, I yeah, think, physically think, did that. Yeah, I think with early voting, you can. Well, some of them are you can mail in ballots, but I'm saying early voting is is also going to the polls and casting your votes. It's just doing like okay. Look, let's look at Georgia for instance, right? Right. The 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 they said Georgia has gotten more. Uh, participation in early voting, which is like 176, and then I think two weeks in a row, I think it was over, over almost 400,000 ballots have been cast, okay, in Georgia. That's how tight this, this uh, race is in Georgia. So, and right. usually with that level, and see, Republicans are usually, they're the ones, that, Republicans are big on uh, absentee ballot. Okay, they get, right. they seem to have the advantage when it comes to absentee ballot, early voting. Uh, the Democrats try to take advantage of early voting, and where uh, then the lines aren't so long, uh, like in North Carolina, and they would try to restrict the number of places where people can vote. And that's what they did, I think, something like that in Ohio. And so forth, and that's what they did in Heidi High Camp's area, where they say now you got to go to this place to vote. So it's all it's it's a game. It's a game to to discourage and suppress people where they don't go to vote, and that's where the energy has to come in. Is from the organizations right. that are providing. Like okay, I think in Georgia too, I think they had that senior center where. They had got a bus. The seniors were on the bus. It was about 40 seniors. It was mostly, it was a black, most primarily a black senior center. 
and they came on and forced them to get off the bus. And they were saying because it violated the center's uh, uh, nonpartisan thing, because I think the money to provide the bus was funded by, like, I guess a Democratic committee or something. But that doesn't mean you had to vote Democrat. Right. You see, it's just like when the NACP, when we do voter drive, okay, we register people, but we don't tell the people how to register. We may educate them to the issues, but we don't tell them how to register. You know, we we don't refuse registrations from parties other than the uh, Democratic Party. We don't do that. You you submit those registrations, and then what they started doing, they made it because they know uh, the NAACP has always been about voter registration, always from its from its basically from its inception, and right. and the uh, vote, voter services now they're saying to the NAACP, when you do these registrations, you got forty eight hours to turn them in, forty eight hours to turn them in. So they just put more right. pressure because usually what you do, you, you, you go, you register the people, and you might make a copy of the registration and so forth so that you can get in touch with those people to get them out to the polls. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not missing this one for sure. And I hope, I hope other people feel the same way. We need to get out there and get our voices heard and hopefully make some changes, you know? Yep. Yeah, start start doing some things that people really want to do. So I don't I don't know. We uh we got some work to do, man. But um, yeah, it was something else I wanted to talk about too. I can't think of it right now, man. I don't know. I did watch the other day. There was a uh, you know Politicon just happened not too long ago, maybe like last week or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where they, uh, you know, I guess it's like they bring all the young people together. They invite people from, you know, that, that are in politics um, from both sides of the aisle. And um, they had a debate between Tucker Carlson and I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, but it's the guy from the Young Turks, Sink, oh, okay. uh, his okay. name is. Um, I'm going to be honest, man. This is like probably the only time where I kind of, and I don't know if he was doing it just for the crowd because, I don't know, it, it seemed like it was maybe an even crowd. It seemed like it was a pretty even crowd because when they both, when they came out, they both probably got about a, a equal applause, the same, you know, it was about mm-hmm. the same. But this is probably like one of the only times where I can kind of, like he, that Tucker Carlson actually made some sense, right? Right. Um, he did at first, and then obviously he went back to his old ways where it just didn't make any sense. Because, you know, obviously they all try to get across that, you know, I'm not racist and blah, 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 this and that, but we're just, we're just a nation of laws and blah, blah. And he was saying, like, basically this is what I got from him. He's saying that as... As Americans, we basically don't have a culture because we're all immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that 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 unites us is the English language. And I'm like, 
that makes no sense at all. <laughs> so I'm like, well, like, I was like, the one thing that makes us in America is the fact that we all came from different places, mm-hmm. and we made this home. So that, that's mm-hmm. an American value right there, mm-hmm. you know, is that we, call, we, call from, we come from all, all places of the, of the world, and we took a little piece of each culture and made our own in America. That's American. Right. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to figure out how is it the English language when, you know, there are other countries where English is the main language. Like, for instance, in India, isn't English the main language in India? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it is. But is that what makes them Indian? No. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I and I because when you say India, what I'm thinking about too is that there are a lot of service jobs in India. Like I think when you call, like I know from calling, sometimes when I call into AOL, I'm connected to somebody from India. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So I think uh, there's a good reason why they may push the English more, so uh, so that they can service the AOL customers better and um, other areas that have service uh, service in the service industry jobs and so forth. But uh, yeah. if you go to France, you expected, I guess, to speak French. Uh, some may right. speak, uh, you know, and stuff like that. But here's the thing, like you said, I think the biggest you know what the biggest problem is, Ron? And, and we, you know, yeah. they, they try to gloss over this stuff, but the bottom line. They don't like the idea that there are so many people of Hispanic origin coming into the country. That's the bottom line. Because right. when, 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 when the people came over from, uh, if you come over, if you just coming over, if you were in Poland and you come over, you speak Polish or whatever, uh, then maybe you speak in English. But when they came over, they had problems too, you know. And now when you work at Social Security, one thing we have at Social Security uh, you have uh, if you speak Spanish, you tell us you speak Spanish, then we direct you to uh, a customer service person uh, that's a telesales person that speaks the same right. language, Spanish. You have people that speak Mandarin Chinese. You have people that speak Italian. You have people that speak that speak Russian, and so forth. So you got right. all of these different ethnicities uh, coming in, Taiwanese. All that kind of stuff there, you know. Uh, so it, they're making a big deal because what it is, if it was a smaller, if it, if it weren't so many Hispanics, it wouldn't be made such an issue. But because the Hispanic population is so large, that's what's making it an issue. Well, Spanish, I think this is going to be the universal language um, in the years to come. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Um, it's the reason they teach it in every in every high school is because I, I believe that eventually it's going to be a universal language. It's going to be the universal language. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But you know this whole thing like it's the English. The English is what unites us. No, it's not. It's the fact that we can look at every person in this country and know that their origin started, or except for Native Americans, of course, 
know that their origin started elsewhere. And, and, and the thing that really unites us is our American citizenship. Yeah, and our values. When you, yeah, when you become an American citizen, then we should all be, uh, we should all be, and you should be united before then because some people are permanent residents, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know. But that's the yeah. end of the show, man. Another good one. Another good conversation. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure we, we probably didn't get to everything today, but we, I think we, we touched Absolutely. a couple of topics. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here, man? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. I think we had a very uh, uh, good conversation today, a good podcast, you know, so I'm happy with that. Yes, indeed. So we appreciate the love. Keep tuning in to the provocation. And we'll be back next week, uh, most likely a Tuesday again. Honestly, it's about, it's about to be Sunday, so I'm about tired of watching the Giants get destroyed, so. Yeah, I, Right? For another good conversation, you listen to the provocation of real people, real conversations. Uh, we shall be back next week. Some more good content for, content for you. Keep following the show. Keep checking us out on Twitter. Keep checking out the Facebook page. And most of all, remember to goddamn vote this November, baby. And with that, all right, we out of here, man. All right, take care, son. You too.